BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast, Wednesday, June 10th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. An Amazon listing might have shown the PlayStation 5's price tag. The writer of the first Dead Space game is teasing something for Thursday's PlayStation 5 stream. Amazon's Crucible is losing two of its modes, and Microsoft has revealed its June Game Pass games. There was an Amazon listing that might have been hinting at the PlayStation 5 price tag. We will learn a lot more about the PlayStation 5 on Thursday, but ahead of those official details, at Wario64 on Twitter, which is a fantastic account to follow for tidbits like this and links to sales, caught a listing on Amazon UK that showed the PlayStation 5 with a 2TB hard drive and a €599 Euro price tag, which equates to about $760 US right now. Wario64 shared screenshots of all this as the actual listings appear to get pulled pretty quickly, but there was also a 1TB PlayStation 5 listed at the same price and dummy listings for more than 100 next-gen games from publishers and developers like Konami, Bethesda, Rockstar, Coke slash Deep Silver, Bandai Namco, EA, Microsoft, Sony, Take-Two slash 2K, Warner Brothers Interactive, Sega, Activision, and Ubisoft. Now, these were just listings that had, like, you know, Ubisoft PS5 game. They didn't hint at any upcoming games or have real titles in them. It's tough to say what can be extrapolated from all this. In terms of price... I don't think the PlayStation 5 is going to cost 760 US dollars. If the 599 euro is accurate, I bet the US price will be 599 US dollars. It's a big price tag, but I think it sounds about right. The dummy listings are also interesting because it might mean that Thursday's PlayStation 5 stream might open the floodgates for games to be pre-ordered on Amazon and other websites. I don't think we're going to see 100-plus new games on Thursday, but I bet PlayStation 5 and potentially Xbox One X versions of recently released games will pop up as being for sale. All of this points to Thursday's PlayStation 5 stream being a big deal. I am seeing ads for it everywhere. And friend of the show, Imran Khan, at ImranZOMG on Twitter, who I think knows stuff but isn't telling me anything, tweeted... I keep seeing PS5 reveal ads on Hulu. It's almost like they really expect it to be a big deal. Along with that little emoji of the smiley face with its hand on its chin thinking a lot. You know what I mean? I hate describing emojis. This Amazon listing makes me think that maybe we will learn some details about PlayStation 5 pricing on Thursday. But I suspect the big focus will be on games, which is all I want. I can't wait for the stream. It's going to feel like a little E3. I think. Dead Space writer 
encourages everyone to watch this week's PlayStation 5 reveal. Now, before I even start talking about this, I will say that a lot of people are really taking this tweet and running full speed with it over their head, shouting, Dead Space 4! at the top of their lungs, which I think is premature. In my heart, I don't think we will be seeing a Dead Space announcement on Thursday. I desperately want to play a new next-gen Dead Space, but I just I don't have a lot of faith. Now, with that table set, Anthony Johnston is an author who works in comics a lot, but in the world of video games, he is known predominantly for writing the original Dead Space and its comic book prequel. Johnston tweeted last night, As some of you know, I've been working on a big video game for almost two years now. In totally unrelated news, you should all watch the PS5 launch event on Thursday. He also replied to someone asking for a hint about what he was teasing, saying, Hint, you play a character having a really bad time. Many sites picked up the tweet and wrote stories about it, which prompted Johnston to follow up tweeting, Okay, now there are gaming sites reporting this tweet and even people making YouTube videos about it. What even is life? And he followed up that tweet with a link to his most recent novel from his Bridget Sharp series, The Tempest Project, and wrote, In totally related news, the Bridget Sharp novels are packed full of Dead Space Easter eggs. They're everywhere. You might even have to buy multiple copies of each book to find them all. I would love for all these teases to lead to the reveal of a new Dead Space for next-gen consoles. I think I've said it before that Dead Space is the best series EA has ever released, and Dead Space 2, in particular, is the best game EA has ever made. The series is way overdue for a new entry, and I would love to see what Dead Space would look like on PlayStation 5 or Xbox One X. I think, though, what we will see on Thursday is some kind of new horror game, and its big selling point will be that it's from the writer of Dead Space, which would honestly also be really exciting. Amazon's Crucible is losing two of its modes. Amazon's online shooter Crucible has been available for a few weeks now and hasn't done much in terms of making a splash or generating a lot of excitement. The general reception I have seen is that the game is just kind of unspectacular. Game Informer's Dan Tack gave it a 6.25 in his review, and I chatted with him about it briefly a few days ago, and he just said he was mostly underwhelmed by it. Not not offended by it by any means, it's just mediocre. All of that is set up to explain that two of the game's three modes are being retired. In a blog post on Crucible's website, the developer wrote, The community has rallied around Heart of the Hives in an amazing way. Moving forward, we'll be putting all of our efforts toward Heart of the Hives and what we can do to make that mode shine. Focusing on one mode allows us to refine the design of core systems without the compromises we needed to make to support three game modes. This does mean that we'll be retiring Harvester, Command, and Alpha Hunters for the foreseeable future. We'll be removing Alpha Hunters from the list of game modes soon and Harvester Command once our new player experience has been improved. The blog post also promises that integrating voice chat is a priority, and the big reveal there was that the game doesn't have integrated voice chat, which totally surprised me. I honestly think this is a smart move on their part, to focus on the parts of the game the community is gravitating toward. I'm sure those other modes have fans, 
But for a game like this, an online shooter that is trying to compete with League of Legends, Dota 2, and Overwatch all at once, it's best to figure out the favorite mode and make it the best mode. So those folks peeking their heads in to see if they like the game will hopefully enjoy that experience. It's a game I just haven't been excited to give another shot, admittedly, but it is definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. Its performance will dictate how Amazon approaches game publishing moving forward. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Microsoft reveals its next queue of Xbox Game Pass games. It's a new month, or at least it has been for 10 days, which means it's time for an Xbox Game Pass refresh. Here's what's coming and leaving the service soon. Bard's Tale Remastered and Resnarkled, a game whose title I would have included on my recent countdown of my favorite remastered titles list if this game had been published by THQ Nordic, is coming to console and PC Game Pass on June 18th. Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2, which is a Warhammer 40,000 universe game, and Battletech, which is a mech game, is coming to PC on June 11th. Dungeon of the Endless is also coming to PC and console on June 11th. It's a dungeon defense roguelike. No Man's Sky is also getting added to Xbox Game Pass tomorrow on console, which brings alongside it a version of the game on the Windows Store, and it will also be getting updated to include crossplay tomorrow, which means... Xbox One No Man's Sky players and PlayStation 4 No Man's Sky players and PC No Man's Sky players will all be able to play together, which is very cool. Thronebreaker, the single-player standalone story-driven Gwent card game based in the Witcher universe, is coming on June 18th, and I saved arguably the most exciting for last. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue are both coming to Xbox One Game Pass on June 11th. I've talked about my weird back-and-forth relationship with Kingdom Hearts before. I liked one. I loved two. I tried to rekindle things for three, but it didn't really work out. But I love having the option to go back and revisit these games, specifically one and two. My plan here is to casually introduce them to my daughter, see if she gets into them, and then maybe I can just watch her play over her shoulder, use that as a story recap, and then give Kingdom Hearts 3 another shot. It's basically a flawless plan. Not all good news, as it never is. Here's what's leaving Game Pass this month on June 15th. Book of Demons, Samorost 3, The Last Door Season 2, and The Stillness of the Wind are all leaving PC. Everspace, Riptide GP Renegade, River Bond, 
Super Hot and Supermarket Shriek are leaving console and PC, and Resident Evil Revelations and Scream Ride are both leaving console. That's all happening on June 15th. Super Hot is a game I have played a fair bit, both on console and in VR, but I've never beaten it. Maybe now is the time to do it. Here's what released today. Rovio, the studio behind the Angry Birds games, is a big conglomerate of smaller studios these days, and one of its sub-studios, its Puzzle Studio, as the press release refers to it, released a new mobile game today called Small Town Murders. It's a free-to-play, match-three mobile game, so to be perfectly honest, it's not treading any new ground here, but I am a sucker for a good match-three, and Rovio's mobile games have an undeniable level of production value and polish to them, so... I downloaded it right away. I played the first few puzzles, and I like it. It's not hammering me over the head with free-to-play nonsense. I'm sure that's right around the corner, but it's got good match-three gameplay, and it's all framed around a story involving a murder mystery novelist moving into a small town to get over her writer's block when she gets caught up in a real murder mystery. I liked what I played. I have been looking for a good grindstone replacement on my phone for months. Maybe this is it. I mentioned it yesterday, but the Elder Scrolls Online Greymore is out today on consoles. It's the starting line for an apparent large number of Skyrim adventures in Elder Scrolls Online. I think one of the most interesting things Elder Scrolls Online has done is essentially recreate Morrowind. Playing the Morrowind expansion, for better or worse, is probably the closest we will ever get to a remake of that game. And I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. The Elder Scrolls Online obviously has an audience. They wouldn't keep releasing expansions if it didn't. But for all the love there is for Skyrim out there, I feel like I don't see a lot of love for Elder Scrolls Online. I know I am certainly intimidated by the MMO nature of it. It's not a new release, per se, but My Hero 1's Justice 2, the fighting game based on the My Hero Academia anime, my favorite anime in years, has been surprise updated to include English dub. I know there is a decades-long war raging over subs versus dubs. I fight for the dubs side with the argument that dubs have gotten really good over the last decade. But regardless of your personal preference, I think everyone can agree that having the choice is ultimately the best option. That's it for gaming news today. I started playing Borderlands 2 on Switch last night without much of a plan for it. I have no plans to play it with other people, nor do I really see myself getting to the end, but I did find myself getting into it. I played long enough to hit level 5, which is when you get access to your special ability. I played it when it originally released on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, and I enjoyed it, but I had also just become a dad at that time, and I so I didn't have a lot of time for it. It runs really well on Switch, and the shooting feels good. It doesn't feel scaled back by the Switch hardware, which is awesome. The Xbox 360 PlayStation 3 era really is a sweet spot for the Switch. Final Fantasy 13 is my focus right now, which is a funny thing to say if you know about Final Fantasy 13's story at all, but I will keep Borderlands 2 handy for those times when the TV is occupied. I also still need to play the Bioshock Infinite DLC. I need to stop committing to so many games. At Assumed Gamer on Twitter tweeted the Gaming Ride Home Twitter account asking, can you shout out some favorites or hidden gems in the giant eShop sale that started today? I looked at it, and there are some random ones that stood out to me. 
Runner 3, which is a rhythm platformer, is like $1.50. So I bought that immediately. I love the original Runner on Wii. Skyrim is also 50% off, down to 30 bucks, and that game never goes on sale on Switch, which is surprising, but uh, I-, I grabbed that one too. There are also good games that are worth looking at, not necessarily because they're cheap, but because they're games that never go on sale, like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Dragon Quest XI. Okami and Katamari Damacy Reroll are each 10 bucks right now, which are both very tempting love Katamari, and it's been years since I really got into a Katamari game. I have a link in the show notes to the sale, which is going on until June 16th. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to Kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. I took a bit of a break. I haven't played in a while. Tomorrow, Thursday morning, I'm going to get back into it. I might beat the game. I'm pretty close to the end, so we'll see. You can also find me on The MinMax Show, two ends, for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. 